Tell me when you're. What, what should we do? Oh, you've been. Okay. Oh boy, this is really B-roll. So wait. So you know what? We're gonna see how this works. So we were just talking, and I and I told uh, Tanner and Connor. I said sometimes, I wish that everyone could hear on the podcast all the things we say before we start rolling, because sometimes they're really good, and sometimes they're not. Of course. Sometimes they're not for human consumption. And sometimes I, <laughs> not for human consumption. <laughs> I don't always compliment Mike on his jacket, if that made it in. But I did this morning. Shirt. Wait, his shirt. Is that what was on there? That's yeah, what we were, we're just talking about. Yeah, we're taking that off. Okay, it's my shirt. Well, I have a really nice uh, Columbia corduroy cool shirt on. If this is where the podcast begins, welcome everybody to the Ordinary Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike. We're excited to be with you today. We uh, we wanted to give you maybe something, I guess, a little bit of a less kind of formal uh, podcast today. But what we want to talk about is, I think the topic of this episode, we're going to title it something like, Is Grace Church Loving Enough? Which I said was a provocative title. So if you if you got you know caught and you clicked on it, here we are. But is Grace Church loving enough? Where would we want to go, Mike? Can you tell me if you want to give me any more nuance than this? But I think we want to talk about maybe some of the frustrations, complaints that we sometimes hear about grace and try to address those things and maybe just kind of weigh them. And then we're going to maybe nose our way towards a, um, a church covenant statement or a church commitment statement that we created mm-hmm. probably in the last six months. Is that kind of what we want to talk about today? Do I have that well, right? Why not? Sure, why not? I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I first said like, hey, what are the things you hear sometimes about grace that sometimes we're, we are a little bit puzzled about? But one of the things I want to think, I want to say is I always, if I'm, if I'm grumbling and complaining, I always want to correct myself afterwards. And I find that some people just want to grumble and complain or, or things, they want to get something they say over to someone else in the church so they say it in a certain setting and then someone carries it for them, right? Mm. Carry the fire. And it's like, wait a minute, that's, that's, that's strange fire. That's not good fire. Mm. Um, and I think we want to be healthy as a church. Like this is a podcast for the church and about the church. And, and we want to call the church to be biblical and be uh, relationally healthy. And, um, you know, sometimes I think someone would say, well, does that mean I can never disagree? Well, if you're asking that question, something is up. You know, the, like mm. if when I say something like that, I don't remember when the last time I did, except right now. You know, quote, quote, hypothetical. Right. If I'm saying that, it's like I really have this strong thing I, I have to get out, and mm. I'm kind of uh, like opposing some other viewpoint. And it's like, wait a minute, you know. So, right. so the idea of can't we ever ask questions? You know, we we tell people in our member in their membership interviews, we're an open door. You can talk to us anytime. Yeah, ask anything. whatever. Yeah, right. And so uh, we don't want to ever give the, mess, the message that someone can't ask questions. Um, I have people every week, whether it's after I preach first, second, or third service on Sunday, whether it's after midweek, whether it's after Friday morning, coming and talking to me about things from the Word that we've talked about. And then as we process it through, like, how does this fit to life? Because we want to be doers of the Word, not just hearers of the Word. And so the people I talk to are always in that kind of realm hmm. where they're coming and talking. And so maybe it's, I don't know, maybe, I don't, well, go, what, what are you thinking about? No, right I don't now? know. When you said something really interesting, it made me think of a conversation I had sometime in the last few weeks, this idea of if somebody wants to voice some kind of disagreement, I, I, I guess I'm asking the question, is that, you know, necessarily, I guess, whatever you'd want to call it, like gossip is inappropriate. Maybe, maybe a question could be, uh, what should somebody at Grace do if they are 
having a hard time with, let's say, the way uh, ministry is, is uh, I, I don't want to say run, that's very broad, but if somebody's, if somebody's feeling legitimate or not, oh, I'm really having a hard time with the way that this is happening, what's, what's the appropriate avenue, if any, for them to think that out? Uh, is it just a case of, I need to go back right. to the Lord, pray, ask for my heart to be changed? Because often I think that that's definitely a, an aspect. But are there any appropriate ways to work through, hey, I have this, I have this thing that I'm kind of having a hard time with. I'm just kind of blabbing right now. But yeah. any, any traction on that? Well, or what I've do you think about that? I've heard stuff like that a lot. And let's just put it this way. I've been the pastor of this church for six, 16 years. I feel like it's come, and it's all at some point kind of wandered towards you. Yeah. Right. No, but what I'm, what I'm about to say, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to anticipate this. What okay. I'm saying, if I've been the pastor of this church for 16 years. I've seen a lot of things I disagree with. And I don't correct every one of them. And I don't say something about every one of them. Right. There are so many things where I've seen either people, you know, shopping ideas around in the church or gossiping or doing whatever. And I don't think it's my job to like correct every sin that I see. It's like, I'm just, you just got to have to keep going and trust the Lord. But there's been plenty of things where I'm like, don't like the way something's going, even as the pastor of the church, as one of our elders and not feeling like I have to always say something about it. Right. Isn't that interesting? Right. And I would say that a lot of times what happens is people will have this question and they'll go to the people they know will coddle the question and kind of, you know, kind of stir it up with them. And then a coalition comes or whatever, or they have someone else carry their thing for them. It's like, wait a minute, you know, so many people in the church, this is more than about just a question about something. This is like maybe an insistence about something or mm. whatever. I, I think of James. I think of James 5, 9. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. You know, basically, grudge not. The King James put it that way. Grudge not right. against uh, another brethren. Um, and the idea here is that uh, if there's a valid question, those just get, those just get dealt with. You know, like if someone's saying, oh, my question is not getting answered. Well, it's because you're not getting the right answer a, a lot of times. Right. So I'm just wondering, like, if it still stirs you up over and over again, that means that this is not just a question. It's an agenda. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just I um, I was trying to think of of things that I've heard kicked around about grace. And, and I think I've heard at different points. Oh, I, I feel that. I have a hard time knowing where to bring concerns and I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to, I'm thinking if anybody hears this podcast, you know, I want them to feel like they're like, they would be able to, to approach an elder, approach you, approach me and say, Hey, that this, you know, this aspect of maybe where things are going right now is hard for me. And I do think, and I think this is a, a helpful kind of adage, you know, submission involves submitting to a decision that you don't necessarily fully understand and you don't see all the particularities that went into it. Right. That's like, if it's not, if it's, if I just 100% agree with everything that's happening in the church, that's not submission. That's just the church of my own imagination, you know? So I don't know. Do you agree with that? Or here's the thing, I guess I would look at it this way. I don't live my life thinking about all the things I disagree with. Right. And fair point. Just let things go. I mean, I think hmm. uh, on average, the normal Christian would be forbearing like multiple times a day, even when it comes to things about the church or about what people are saying or doing. Here's an interesting one. Someone comes to you, Connor Hask, a pastor at Grace Church of Orange, yeah. and says that very thing. I just don't know who to go to. Right. That's weird. They went to a pastor. 
yeah. the leadership team. So are they driving a wedge between you and the rest of the leadership team? Or are they, I'm just saying, like, process it through with them and say, hey, so what is it? What is your, what is your concern? Right. Let's, let's, let's do one. Like, right now, because I have to do one right now. But, yeah. Because um, most people just come to me and talk to me about stuff. And then it's like, okay, you know, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are we talking for, you know? So let's go with one. Get, go with one that you've heard and without naming names and let's, um, let's uh, test it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that would be... Like the person who says, I don't know where to go with my concerns. What would we be talking about that you couldn't handle? That I couldn't handle? Yeah. Uh, I think it would be, and I think this is true in any church, I think it would be related to aspects of just leadership dynamics in the church. And... Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't want to... Can you more? Yeah, I think, to, I think that the situation could be as simple as this. Decisions have been made that I don't understand, and maybe it's not an isolated incident. Maybe it is. But I have a hard time, you know, knowing what to do with that. And I think, you know, um, in the realm of things that I've heard people have frustrations with about GCO, I think one of the things that people can legitimately be frustrated with is, whether true or not, they perceive this attitude... And I, I could let myself into this among leaders like us, uh, that GCO is is kind of this exceptionally healthy church. And if you, you know, if you don't think that, maybe you're missing it and other other churches are less healthy. I'm just relaying what I've heard from people. So yeah, yeah, whether yeah. right or wrong. I'm wincing right now. I know. And I, I kind of am saying it with a wince too. So well, I, I think concerns yeah. like that. Somebody would say, Hey, I such and such an aspect of life in the body, it's a it's a little challenging for me. But could it be related to submission? And, and I feel like, and I'm, I'm just relaying what I've heard. I feel like grace thinks of itself in kind of a, you know, unique category where other churches aren't as healthy as us. And yeah, I, I've heard this kind of thing. Yeah. So, so, question, so how, we, how do you respond to that? So yeah. Pastor of Grace Reformed, and I'm going to take you to task. If you hear these things and they're going to a pastor, that should be ample. Like, for example, it shouldn't have to go three more steps. And the, the idea is, it depends on how you you relate to them and answer that question in the moment. Because if they walk away thinking that Connor, and this happens, this can happen with me, because I could distance myself from the rest of the elders and go, yeah, everybody. These guys are doing this. Right, right. I agree with you, but I can do nothing about it. So you're going to have to do something there where you you let them know, yeah, leadership is together, and here's what I I know. And if that's not good enough, there's something Mm. might be wrong. Uh, You know, like like a complete, when I think of this, we were a self-proclaimed, uh, no offense to anyone who was here when I first came, but a self-proclaimed healthy church. The, 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 right. And I mean, I've heard you talk about this so quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, ow, ow, look at all these unhealthinesses that I'm seeing. But the, but but the, the narrative people, was like, but we're the healthiest church. Yeah, and yeah. So it, right? And then I'd be like, there's like some complaining going on. <laughs> there's a spirit of, you know, uh, judgment or complaining that that is really strong. Oh, we don't see that. Well, you don't have the, the, you know, I was getting people coming to me early on. Oh, the church is this way. The church is that way. So I would address it right then. But, I, but I'm wondering, like, how do we not deflect and we just receive it? But they know they heard from someone in the leadership. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and not kind of a, a confident, you know, kind of conspirator or something like that. Well, I oh, think, yeah. Like, for I'll example, tell you how yeah. I would respond to yeah. somebody saying, hey, I like, let's say somebody, you know, says something in my hearing or whatever, I feel like grace thinks of itself as being in this unique position and we're healthier than all other churches or something like that. I don't know if you've heard things like this, but yeah, I hear it. But it, I, 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 the weird thing is it's like, 
where do you get it from? Like, I think it gets it from certain pockets in the church and the way certain people talk. Maybe so. You know, and I kind of want to say, and so like you asked me how I would respond, I would yeah. kind of say, okay, it's one of the pastors at the church. I don't think that. And I've had conversations with a lot of other guys who also recognize, yeah, we have weaknesses. There's huge weaknesses. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe to kind of try to deflate some of that and say, it may seem that the leaders have this sense that, you know, we're, we're kind of at the top of the mountain and everybody else is somewhere you know, yeah. downstream from us. But actually, I don't think that. And right. I think a lot of us hopefully have a, a humility that we could say, no, there's significant, you know, challenges, issues, sin struggles. We have unique, you know, kind of things that we're dealing with just like every church. And right. we're and we're not trying to actively look at every other church that you could drive by on the street and mm-hmm. just say, look how unhealthy they are yeah. and look at how much healthier we are than them. Oh, so. Yeah. That's how I would maybe respond. So a couple things in my mind. I, I knew you would say that, and I know that's your answer. And I didn't want anyone hearing this to think, oh, you can go to Connor if you have complaints and he'll keep them to himself and just kind of take the <laughs> gossip. No. So not, I know that that's the answer you give. That's the answer I give. That kind of answer. Right. So here's the thing. Let's just say it's that question. Well, grace comes across as this and that. If the person uh, is holding to unbiblical ideas about the church and they... They, there's a church that we know of down the block or, or two miles away or 10 miles away or 100 miles away that is teaching false doctrine, and we've pointed it out. It's not a hateful thing to point that out. It's actually, we're supposed to guard the flock, okay? So if it's theological, we'd have to say, we're not saying that we're better. And by God's grace, we hold to the truth, but we do know the truth from error, and it's important, as, as we know, as Hebrews says, our senses need to be trained to discern between good mm-hmm, and evil, mm-hmm. and that we need to contend earnestly for the faith once for all given. And it isn't an up for grabs, right. you know, free for all. So if it's on the theology thing, I think that is, is fair that someone would say, wow, sometimes it seems like grace is saying we have this and others don't. And we would say humbly before our faces, before God, that is true, that we have a grasp of the truth because of the grace of God that some churches are not going with. And when we talk about how people are capitulating to the culture and mm-hmm. being worldly and all of that, we're fighting against that all the time. And we're not saying our hearts aren't drawn towards sin. We fight sin. Totally. But that we want to be humble, but also bring the truth. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I think it's such an important aspect of that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to kind of roll over and say, well, we're so sinful at grace too, and we have our struggles, but it's also worth exactly what you just said, acknowledging at the same time though, you know, not every church is, is equally healthy. And there are churches that are less healthy and there are churches that are more healthy. And there might be things about, let's just say our church where there are aspects of, of, you know, unhealthiness that we're not even aware of. That could be the case, I think. Absolutely. However, I think by God's grace, and man, I would just, I've told people, I would take this in grace over potentially lots of other things that another church might have. I'm thankful that there's commitment to the word of God and commitment to the normal means of grace. I'm so thankful that we are not trying to, you know, put on a show. We're trying to, I think you and the rest of the elders and the pastoral team, trying to, by God's you know grace and with his strength, just see the word of God and the gospel of Jesus transform people's lives. Right. And that's, you know, I think, I think a lot of churches are doing exactly that as well, but I'm just, I'm so thankful yeah. for that. And so if there's another church that somebody's suggesting, you know, well, look at this church, why would we be, you know, 
why would we be negative towards them? It's like, well, you know, maybe there are aspects that that we're seeing and what they're doing that might be less healthy. So that's, I think that's totally legitimate. I think so. And some of the greatest battles theologically have been, have had to have names attached to them. Uh, In in history, people weren't afraid to call something out as error, uh, which is why you know when there's heresy and who were certain heretics in church history. It's interesting too that, you know, I don't like it when someone says, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I would never want to say to the person, let's say, listener, it's you, and you say, I don't like the way certain things are going on at Grace. And my thought would be, you're going to think that way anywhere you go, okay? Because that's how you're wired, okay? And we love you, and and we're going to be patient with you, and, and, and you might have some really good things to say, but you're, you're kind of bringing it from this angle, okay? And maybe from a more, uh, you might say it's uh, discerning and someone else might say it's judgmental, you know? But I would say this, a church can be uh, doctrinally sound and be relationally unhealthy. But here's the other thing, and I want to True, put a pause yeah. on that and say this. The person who says, oh, Grace Church comes across like this and that, in some sense, I want to say, I'm sorry you think that way because that's not where our hearts are at. You're judging our hearts, and we aren't trying to make a point against all these churches. Like what you're saying is not in our in our mm. vernacular on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. If you go behind the scenes, you can go into our hearts and see that you'd see that's not the case. That we're saying, let's just humbly and boldly live the Christian life, and that your your perspective of that, while valid, might not be accurate. And I don't want to argue it or be defensive about it, but just go. At some point, you know, when you feel like you, you know, no one feels good about being falsely judged. And when, let's say you, someone in your own family goes, you did this because of this. And you're like, actually, I know why I did it <laughs> in my heart. And, right. God, and God knows too. Right. And the Lord is going to give yeah. every one of us. I'm giving account for my service here. So is Tanner in the room. So is, you know, so oh, are yeah. you. we're all going oh, to. Yeah. So yeah, that's such a good point. So something else I wanted to mention real quick, I kind of yeah. want to jump in on is I've had people come to me before and say, hey, Pastor Mike. I disagree with you on what you preached. And what they have is the weight of some, someone else in the church behind them. Because so-and-so and so-and-so also disagree with you. And it's like, great, wonderful, um, okay, when the point, what point do we want to make here? So now you have a coalition and now that means you must be right, you know. I'm like, I'm not, I don't, we never want to be arrogant about the truth. We want to just say, okay, look, there is a way to handle the Bible. And it's inspired, it's inerrant, but we need to have a, historical, grammatical, literal hermeneutic that says what's authorial intent. And if someone comes and says, we disagree with you, I sometimes I've said to them, I understand that is largely misunderstood often among Christians. But the Bible teaches this. Other times I'll say, I get it. And it's, it's like end times views. Mm. Sincere and intelligent Christians differ. One of the things I had to bring to Grace Church was, it's okay to disagree. Like there are some things that sincere and intelligent Christians can differ on in terms of doctrine, but not the things we would die for together. Right. Okay. Not the virgin birth, the blood atonement, the bodily resurrection, the, uh, all the, you know, the authority of scripture. None of those things you could say, Oh, those are up for grabs. No, you know, sometimes people have different views of the end times and other things like that. And then there's some areas where you can, you have freedom to make ch- decisions on church government and things like that, but we're not going to have women elders. Okay, and things like this. So I would just say we should have an open communication. And sometimes when I was growing up, I remember thinking, I can't go to my mom and dad and talk about this. And I said something to them when I got older and they're like, but we would have loved for you to do that. 
Whose fault is that? Hmm. More of the fault is on me hmm. not being, I don't know, uh, secure enough or whatever to to do it. I can't lay it on my parents and go, they didn't cultivate an open dialogue with me enough. I'm like, you know, looking back, my parents were always there for me. They were always with me. But I felt too shy to bring it up. That was something about me that I I realized. You look at me now and go, really? You were like that? I was. I was afraid to bring things up, even as a young pastor, because I didn't want anyone to get upset at me. Yeah. And then I realized, no, you need to be loving, humble, but bold and truthful as well. Yeah, no, that's good. It's good to talk through these things. I, I just as we're as we've been talking, Mike, I'm just I'm thinking of even people who've you know, um, yeah, struggle with things or even left grace and, and I just maybe if anybody happens to listen to this who's you know in that situation, I almost just want to I want maybe them to hear somebody among the pastoral team just say. Honestly, just to say we love you, and mm-hmm. if you're in Christ, we. We're, we're thankful that we are going to be together in eternity forever. Yes. And, and I think that maybe we could both look back to things where, where people have left and, and we could say, maybe we had a genuine disagreement there. Maybe it was an interpersonal thing. I don't, mm-hmm. I, there's been so many different situations. Um, so I don't want to say like one size fits all, but if we're united by faith in Christ, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, uh, having the same spirit, man, we are, we are together in this, you know? And I think, I, I would almost say, and you can you can disagree, Mike, but maybe people have left grace in the past and and almost felt from the leadership there was a idea that, oh, you know, you're not leaving for a healthy reason. Maybe that was true, but maybe there could be situations where the Lord has blessed someone even as they moved on from grace to be in a different church and use their gifts there to serve. And I guess I just want to say I think that's okay, you know. Not to oh, give people, not to excuse people who are leaving for, you know, a reason that's not healthy and people have to deal with their own heart on that kind of thing. Yeah. But sometimes I think that maybe it's just helpful to hear somebody on a, you know, podcast like this or something, just say, yeah, <laughs> yes. good and godly believers can disagree even with things that we care deeply about. I agree. Uh, yeah. It's worth saying. So we're going to keep going for a little while. We're going to make this a little bit longer podcast. Okay. And, um, I would say this, so I'll make this part two. We're gonna make, this is a part two of the same podcast. This won't be two episodes. So um, all the things you're saying, like every pastor that I've talked to in the last couple of years, especially, uh, have been hurt by people who've left the church. Mm. And the reason why is they're usually really noisy. Okay. And uh, or they're silently noisy, which is whisper, whisper, whisper. And it all filters back to you. Mm. Oh, we wanted to leave and not make any problem. But for example, you take Grace Church. I don't spend most of my day thinking about those who have left because so many more have come. But here's the thing. All the people that have come to Grace Church have come from somewhere. Some are brand new believers, so this is fresh for them. But many have come from other churches who they had issues with. And one of the things we say right off the bat, especially if you want to join the church, if you have any unreconciled relationships with anyone in the body of Christ, we want to help you delve into that and help make it right. And we have asked people to go back to their former churches before just to try one more time to, or try for the first time to make things right. I've asked people before, whoa, you, you broke up with your church via email or you never said a word. Please, your pastor wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I realize you didn't like him or you didn't like the way he led, but you know what? Give him that. Please just give him that and the, or give the elders that. And it's always this relational component that I'm, I'm seeking and it's like that's, you know, even some of the people who left Grace, we've had really good re- uh, interactions, whether it's I needed to go somewhere closer to my home or I didn't agree with this doctrine. Well, if they go to a church that agrees with them and they're teaching false doctrine, we're not, we're not feeling happy about it for them, but 
We're right. not going to hold on to their ankles and go, you mm. can't leave. And then there's been people who have left that have caused issues and divisions. The, the thing that saddens me is they go to another church. And I said to a couple of people, please don't go recycle your problems because that's what we do. If you don't, please just deal with them. If you don't deal with them in an honest and open way and even agree to disagree and be okay with that and not make barbs and say, you know, like, you know, stab people in the back or anything, yep. just be loving and kind. Almost everybody who have left Voyagers, uh, excuse me, Voyagers, that's my old church, uh, my old church, 16 years ago, uh, Grace Church of Orange in the last couple of years, I still reach out to and say, I love you, I care about you, I'm praying for you, I hope your new church is going great. Just every once in a while. And I hear back from some of them, it's great. It's like we're still, I said to one friend, you know, we're going to be on the streets of gold together, walking in heaven. Right. And uh, you're my brother, I yep. love you. Yep. Even though we had some strong disagreements, right? But I'm like, I wanted to appeal Please do what's right. Hmm. Because if you don't deal with your issues, they're going to crop up somewhere else. And, you know, what's interesting is some churches are just okay with that. And they're like, well, we'll take our chances. We like more people, you know. Well, we, we like having people come together as believers, but we want to make that statement. And I, I'm just insistent on it. Is everything okay with you and your former church? Hmm. Because we just don't want your former church to be unhealthy. We don't want this church to be unhealthy by you bringing your old stuff. And so, you know, and you kind point. of say no, it with I, a smile, I, you know, <laughs> I, I know I'm, I'm glad you're saying that. I think maybe maybe this is just me kind of being um, I don't know exactly what it is, younger, or less experienced. But I think I might I might default towards sympathizing with somebody if they have a frustration. But at the same time, I just I really appreciate what you're saying, Mike. Well, I Part sympathize, of, too, though. And, and, but right, I'm not right. saying I don't sympathize. Not saying you don't sympathize, but no. also to say, but, you know. Every one of us, and this is even with people who are kind of, you know, quote, like most on board, everybody needs to also be looking at their own heart and saying, is there anything, is there any bitterness? Is there any, you know, frustration? Um, am I, like you use the word agenda, am I pushing a certain agenda forward, you know, in this? Do I need to just, uh, you know, let this go and kind of trust the Lord? And maybe he's teaching me, you know, through the dynamics of the church that he's placed me in and I can trust his providence that he's appointed the leaders. He's appointed the people around me. He's appointed the friendships that I have even. I can mm -hmm. trust God in all of that. And maybe this thing that I am caring so much about, he's wanting to sanctify me and, and help me to kind of release my grip on that idea or, or conviction or personal thing that I'm holding on to so tightly. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, and, and you're right to, if you just say, okay, well, man, we really sympathize. Sorry, best, best of luck to you next time at your next church. Yeah. Then there's the propensity, you know, there to just have the same thing happen in five years or something. So. Right. And you don't want that to happen to right. the body of Christ. Right. So it's interesting. And I, I, I would say, um, I feel probably that I feel more deeply or I think more deeply than, um, than I would tell you, you know, off the bat, like I've, uh, I've told this to our elders, but it's like, you know, it keeps me awake at night or I, I grieve over people that have left for the wrong reasons or whatever. But here's the thing or or reasons where it's like um, they got hurt by someone in the church. If there was ever anybody got hurt by me, they they usually would come to me and I would say, I'm really sorry mm -hmm. that I hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had people come to me and say, you know, it's not you, Mike, but we just we can't stay at grace because of this, that and the other, or this person or that person or whatever. But what I find is I'm asking the question, I think every Christian should Lord, is it I? When Jesus was around the table before he went to the cross and he said, one of you will betray me, they didn't start pointing fingers. Each one of them went around and said, is it me? They were asking the, the introspective question. And the reason I say this is because when someone comes to grace, I am not saying, oh, they're here because of me. And I'm not saying when they leave, they left because of me. It's like, we don't point fingers. 
they don't come to grace because of, of a certain person, except they come because they say, well, this is a place that we'll link up with to worship the Lord and serve and, and do outreach with. And if it's any other reason, if you go into a church for a person, you're going for the wrong reasons. Right. And if you're leaving the church for a person, you're leaving for the wrong reasons. Mm. Think of Paul and Barnabas. And uh, there was such a, a strong disagreement that they parted ways. That was a situation, and you don't see it very often in the New Testament, but that one, you're like, wow. But here's the thing. They were both commended by the church in their next ministries. It wasn't like, oh, Paul was the right one and Barnabas was the wrong one. Right. So it wasn't a sin issue. Okay. So if there's a sin issue, you deal with it. We've had churches call us and say, we've got someone at your church that was under discipline. Mm-hmm. Please send them back. Mm-hmm. And we said once to somebody, you know, your, el- your former elders are asking for you to go back and at least try to make things right. Nope, we won't do it. And then they end up getting mad at us too, right? So it's like at some point, if I, I told someone this yesterday morning. I said, I was talking about church government and about whether you elders and deacons and all of that. And I said, you know, that if everybody gets along and wants what the Lord wants, almost any kind of church government can work. Uh, you know what I mean? Like if, if people have a heart that is just open to the Lord and saying, and this is the heart we want at Grace. I say often, the people at Grace are not puffed up. The people at Grace are not proud. We're humbly following Christ. And that's the flavor I get from Grace Church of Orange, mm. from the people of Grace Church mm-hmm, of Orange. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of flavor, we, kind of tone we want to set as elders is let's be humble about life, but follow Jesus boldly. Right. Yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think maybe to this could be a good place to wrap, Mike, unless you have other directions you want to go. But I'm just thinking, you know, what is it that, and not just in Grace Church of Orange, in any church, what starts to promote kind of, you know, uh, yeah, just fractures, disunity, you know, where do splinters start to emerge? And um, at some level, I mean, there's obviously a million ways that this could be nuanced, but at some level, a lack of real godliness is is in the picture, mm-hmm. right? There's a lack of real Christ-likeness in someone's heart where they've they've latched on mm-hmm. to an idea or they've persisted in a sinful behavior. And a lot of times, whether whether on the part of church leadership or on the part of people serving in different ministries involved in the church, whatever it may be, uh, I just maybe I think it's worth saying, you know, pride I think can be a huge one. Just a, an ego that wants to see it go my way. That can be that can be huge in the church, you know, yes. especially our American culture, right, where everybody mm-hmm. thinks they have the right idea and they can run with things. So, so part of what I think the Lord does through the church is He knocks off some of those rough edges. You know, as we run into other people in the church who think differently than us, who have different experiences than us who have different, even, you know, kind of maybe an emphasis or a conviction about the way that they would have a ministry go forward. The Lord's knocking off some of those rough edges. And through that, he's helping all of us to become more like Christ. Mm -hmm. And when things get ugly is when you start to have kind of a, I guess that kind of ego building, you know, platform building, ministry building mentality, whether it's the whole church or in different silos in the church, things start to then, you know, butt up against each other and it can get really ugly. I, I I was thinking of we, some of us listened to that podcast about Mars Hill right. in the last year. And it's like, wow, things got ugly so fast because really beneath a whole lot of issues, there was a lack of godly character on the part of the leadership and particularly one leader, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of blew the whole thing up. So mm-hmm. for anybody who's listening to this, this is maybe just a good chance for all of us to reflect on how's my just personal communion with the Lord. And, you know, are there areas in my life where he's, you know, wanting me to be more humble, more repentant, more others oriented. Absolutely. I think that's, that really is where we need and want to be um, that we, you know, when Jesus described himself, he 
said, I am humble and gentle in heart. And it's interesting, it starts in the heart. And so that, that he would make us more humble and gentle of heart. Uh, you know, it's interesting that people go to churches for reasons, right? And, you know, you know, during the whole COVID era, there were some churches that were massively growing because people were going to them in droves because it was about masks or not. And it was like, there was, I remember someone left one church and go, went to another church because they let them uh, go uh, either masked or unmasked. I'm not going to say which one. And the church was like a scary church, like like theologically scary, huh. like, oh no. But all the only reason they went is because it was, it was mm. open for their preference. Yep. And some pastors I talked to were like, hey, we're growing so much during this period because we're getting all these people from other churches. And I'm thinking... I'm not happy about that, you know. I like, just I just heard the term sanctified circulation. Sanctified, uh, <laughs> plant yeah. a new church, and it's, and like, it's like a big production, yeah. and you're just you're just taking believers from yeah, other it's churches. Like we're, but, sorry, go on. Yeah, we've grown in the last two years uh, in ways that, but I hope it's in breadth and depth, like in depth, like that mm-hmm. we have become hopefully more humble. And sure, there's more people, but it's, we're not counting. Like I tell people all the time, I don't count. I don't know how many people are at Grace Church. But, but you do get relationally connected. And so, you know, if someone comes, you want to get to know them. If someone leaves, you want to make sure they're going in a healthy manner to right. a, another right. place that would be healthy for them. Yep. And, uh, but the rough edges, you know, the rough edges that God is working on in all of us, I think is really at the heart of pretty much everything that we do. And it's like humble and gentle in heart. Yeah. That's what Jesus wants for us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the primary ways he's working on us is through all of these relationships with real people with real messy lives. And, yeah. you know, he grows all of us like that. Yeah. Anything else from you before we wrap this one up? I would just say we talked about approachability. I'd say um, I I would speak for our whole elder board and our and our pastoral staff and our staff and our deacons and deaconesses. I see uh, an immense approachability. I, I've had people come to me before and say, well, that person isn't very approachable. I'm like, oh, my goodness, they're like the easiest person to walk up to and talk to but it's personalities, it's this, that, and the other. And I would encourage anybody listening who you might have to want to talk to someone about something. Make sure it's not an agenda. Make sure your heart is right. And then just be bold to talk to someone that you don't immediately think would agree with you. Hmm. Just go. I mean, the door is open. I tell people, I remember early on at Grace, somebody came in to complain about a couple of things. And I said to the person, I said, you know, thank you. Uh, I, I totally appreciate what you're saying. And I totally understand um, I come from a church that we said we can agree to disagree on things. Um, and my door's always open. And, and it, it's, it's just quite all right. I'm glad you've come to talk to me. And we forged a friendship. And I mm. feel like that's what you want. You don't want people saying, you know, like me when I was a little kid, I, I couldn't say anything. Be, but it was because I was too shy. Mm. I'd say, you know what? If it's big enough for me not to forbear about, then I need to put my big boy pants on and say something. Yeah. And I think what you'll be met with, not just at Grace Church, let's say you belong to another church. My, my guess is most of the time you'll be met with humility, mm-hmm. uh, a gracious spirit, and non-defensiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great place to close. Um, I think one of the most attractive... Uh, Leaders obviously have to lead, and they can't be constantly just accommodating every opinion that's circling, right? But I think that something really attractive is is when... When somebody does, you know, bring something to somebody that they need to hear, if a leader can actually listen and really make a, you know, a change in response to that, if it's a legitimate kind of idea, mm-hmm. that's really attractive to know that they're humble enough to, you know, kind of eat the humble pie and say, yeah, you're totally right about that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Anyways, thank you very much for sticking with us, uh, listening through this kind of longer podcast. Hope that that was helpful for you to just hear uh, Mike and I processing these things. We love you, uh, especially if you're at Grace Church and we know you, we love you, and we pray for you uh, during the week. We're thankful for you, and we hope that you have a great week serving the Lord and loving his people. Until next time, God bless you.